Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Byrne, and I'm joined in the chair today by Simon Maguire. How's it going, Si? I'm good, Kev. How are you getting on? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. I'm uh, looking forward to doing today's show. Today's guest is one of the few people keeping pro boxing alive in Ireland right now. His story begins in the labor ward when he's named after the Four Kings version of Sugar Ray, while his first Irish boxing hero was the Sligo kid, Vinnie Feeney. He became involved in boxing as a prolific online poster across various platforms, Wikipedia profiles for the Irish fighters, the forums many of us frequented back in the day, as well as filing copy for selected magazines and websites across the UK. He started his own website, BoxingIreland.com, not to be confused with IrishBoxing.com, although it has been on many an occasion. He was also one of the first original video cam guys going around to shows doing video interviews with fighters up and down the UK and Ireland before it became the done thing or a pestilence, as Steve Bunce might call them. About a decade ago, he decided to dip his toe into managing fighters. And from that moment, there was no going back. Boxing Ireland promotions followed and together with partners Stephen Sharp and Dennis Morrison, they have now staged 12 pro shows, mainly in Ireland, North and South, but also heading to Spain earlier this year for the 11th edition due to COVID. We're joined, of course, by Leonard Gunning, someone I go way back with. So after finally getting that spiel out of the way, welcome to the show, Leonard. Or should that be Sligo Boy or Slap Bang Wallop? One of one of many uh, monikers that, you've had over the years. That was that was sensational. Fact, someone that someone actually knows my resume. I thought it was a, a lot of it was hidden in the deep deep dark midst of uh, of time. You know, and under the yeah, I thought I thought I cleared my cash of half of that stuff. At the know? mental receipts, Leonard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 I suppose you've been there, Kev, haven't you? You, you know, one of, the, one of the few OGs from the uh, Irish boxing internet crew. So, yeah, it's good. It, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a, it is a passion. And uh, that's the genesis of it, you know, is a passion for boxing. In fact, it's, it's my uh, father's passion for boxing that's been passed on, really. That's really where it is. So, so, um, yeah. Tell us about your dad. Why did he call you Leonard? Well, there's conflicting stories, and I prefer the one that he he would say, which was 1976 Olympics. Was that Montreal? Was that Montreal mm-hmm. Olympics? Did uh, Sugar Ray Leonard win a gold in that and the Val Barker Trophy? He did, and he was knocking lads out left, right, and center. Yeah, and I came along a few months later. To be be called Leonard now, now that could be fanciful thinking. But I wasn't there. To, well, I was there at the time, but I wasn't uh, Copas Mendes. <laughs> I wasn't able to determine which is the true story. But that's one. That's one that's been told. So, yeah, my alpha. Fair play to him. Rest in peace, Ronnie. Yeah, and did he did he like nurture your love affair with boxing? Did you watch yes. boys together and stuff like that? Yes, so he was a boxer, pretty good boxer, um, until um, until the, the the classic Irish crossroads of uh, partying, women, and drink came along at sort of sixteen, seventeen, and that had much more of an allure than John Conlon's Market Yard Boxing Club in Sligo Town. It's funny that. Um, but yeah, so, so, but he always sort of, always sort of in the back of his mind. That's the only sport he really ever supported. He never, he, he, he would never, he watch a game of football, hurling, soccer, anything. He'd, he'd never watch any sport, but he would religiously watch the fights, big fight night, ITV, all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, yeah, so I think he probably harbored some deep thoughts of actually going on and being some sort of a big boxing legend himself if uh, if he hadn't been lured away by short skirts and even shorter drinks. Yeah, absolutely. And great days to get into the sport. I suppose you probably grew up watching Mike Tyson, which, you know, lent its way yeah. to Frank Bruno and Nigel Ben and all the, and all yeah. the lads as well. Yeah, like I, I literally do remember. Um, this sounds like it could be from the 50s, but it was the 80s. And the alpha got us up out of bed and we were listening to a Frank Bruno fight on the radio. Uh, you know, because it wasn't, you know, not it's people to give out about fights not being on TV these days. There was very few fights on TV back in the day. You know, almost every single fight is on TV now, you know, on some station. But like even like big fights back then, they weren't on, they weren't all on TV. So you, you might get a bit of radio coverage for it. But then really, yeah, McGuigan was really the 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 the, the, the germinating seed of of boxing fandom. We were, he thought was a massive McGuigan fan, and it was very very easy to um, very easy to follow. And I think one of my earliest boxing memories is actually on TV. Not not going to it was the Pedroza fight. I do remember the Pedroza fight with a can of pineapple smack and a packet of burger bites you know so yeah, yeah. not the McGuigan Chris yeah 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 and uh, the stickers of McGuigan Monaghan Milk he used to be sponsored he must be sponsored by Monaghan Milk he used to get a Barry McGuigan sticker on the, the carton of Monaghan Milk which was it was like an orange juice square more of a square carton than the, the ones you get now and we used to I used to have uh, the Barry McGuigan stickers on the fridge you know fandom <laughs> my, I, I once beat up Barry McGuigan I told him so but it was um, the wax work of him at uh, the wax museum in Dublin and my yeah. family couldn't find me and there I was I'd slipped under the ropes and I was uh, beating the crap he, out of Barry McGuigan was Barry's knee yeah, yeah I was I was really giving him a going over I told, I told him about it years later and I think uh, but he was really amused <laughs> yeah he, he, yeah I think he uh I, I almost got to suggest him, well, have a go, so. And uh, I didn't, you know, because he's still all there. He's in his 50s and he was still all there personally. Yeah, he's sure. in, still in great nick. Yeah, he he's, is. In, he's in great nick. Um, and he did used to have those, well, what, what flavor was his crisps? Were they ne- was it nettle crisps he used to have? What flavor was his crisps? Sounds good. Like, I, I, I've, I've eaten Nels uh, down the west of Ireland, but... Yeah, you know, probably told it was good for you or something, or you should do it. It's a rite of passage, any but right of passage. I have no idea what, what flavor the Nels were, no. Yeah, oh, I yeah, I, I know flavor the nettles were, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't even know what brand, but he did have crisps and it was some radical, radical flavor and pretty nettles along the line of nettles. Len, to change tack from crisps as much as we all enjoy them, I get Love the them. sense that I get the sense that your time in boxing has been almost characterized by the feeling of no one else is doing this, so I might as well yeah. do it, you know. from Wikipedia pages about Irish boxers. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're an online presence from, from early on. And yeah. you're seeing that these boxers don't even have Wikipedia pages. Yeah. So you begin, which in itself is an, in itself is an act of promotion. And then you're, yeah. attend, you're attending fights. You've got a camera phone on you and you're thinking, nobody's talking to these guys. They're on the undercards. Yeah. Maybe the press are here to speak to the main event guys. Nobody's even talking to these guys. So I'll start putting out some stuff. And yes. then I guess all the way up to managing guys well, or maybe promoting shows. Yeah. No one else is doing this. There's a not that there's a gap here to take monetary advantage. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, this yeah. is a way to get more involved and to maybe help where there's where there's nothing. You know, that is exactly it. Because I'm a League of Ireland fan. Yeah, you know who I support. Don't you? you know who I support. Go and say it. Oh, and of course, Celtic. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see what that guilty laugh at Shamrock Rovers, is it? My love team. Yeah, they're second best rovers in Ireland. Yes, I agree. So I come from that sort of chip on the shoulder sports, domestic sports fan who who looks at people with disdain. Yeah, for sauntering around in a Chelsea shirt or 
Blackburn shirt or a Man City shirt or whoever is top of the league at that time. It has no connection with Ireland. And then you see, you have this other product. Yeah. That's a domestic homegrown product. And your neglect of it is like, um, has a snowball effect on the product or the reverse. Yeah. So if these people spent 20% of the time, effort, money, energy, into supporting their own, <laughs> what they have on their own doorstep rather than some kind of a Stockholm syndrome, some kind of a, some kind of a malfunction in Irish people where if it's, if it's beyond their border, even if it's the same, they, they, they love it more than it's when it's right on their doorstep. Now, I could be wrong about that, but that is kind of something that I formulated myself. So I come from sports like Rovers, and you're like, you know, you, your games, you wouldn't get any coverage. Yeah, and it's frustrating. And then you, I'd be into domestic Irish boxing and boxers. And you'd say that the effort and the skill that these guys had and the talent that they had, <clears throat> and then nobody would know them. And like you said, the Wikipedia pages. It was just I I knew that the journalist that would cover it needed to be spoon fed. Yeah, information. They needed an easy place to be able to um go and get their information on each of these boxers or else they just bought wouldn't bother. So I said playing the facts and padding out with a little bit of background history and what their main fights were and all this kind of stuff. And and you would see, you would see in lots of articles in the late noughties, like verbatim what I wrote on in articles and even the mistakes that I made, they would be in there, you know. So Grant said I was brilliant. Uh, so I was I realized that I was having an impact. And then some promoters would ask me uh to do Wikipedia profiles. And even on opponents and sort of talk them up a little bit in, in the little bit of editorializing. It was, although that is against the rules of Wikipedia. Um, so yeah, so I started doing that and that's, and then I started doing what you left that way. You didn't, what you didn't add it was I used to do a pound for pound list. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a ratings and a pound for pound list because I always knew that by any time I did a ratings, People were really, this was what people actually would speak about for some reason. A rating, anything we do, a rating and anything or a list, just a number of people, people will disagree with the order. Yeah, big time. It would, yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, Who is this like, loser with a laptop? It's like player ratings at a football match. Who would you give him a five? Like, who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, anyway, that would generate. Um, interest. So I used to do that for a boxing scene. Harry Dooley was a very good journalist, boxing journalist in the UK now. And he would edit, he would edit my stuff. And I actually learned a lot from him. So I was online. I was online. Most of my friends weren't online. Yeah. But I was online. And I'd watch, I was into YouTube, early doors, early doors into YouTube. It was very little on YouTube. And Elvis Barelli Setback used to have interviews with boxers. Yeah. And great access. The guy, in the famous words of Uncle Mayweather, you know, he, uh, didn't know, he didn't know shit about boxing, you know, and he was just weird. And it, it, they were really bad, but at least when he let the boxers talk, you'd get decent information. So that sort of triggered, triggered my mind. That's what I should do here, be able to promote these guys. And with that, you don't have to spend hours writing up stuff. That's because I have a job. I have a normal job. I have the time for that. But I can talk shit. Yeah. So sound. I'll do that. Just record people. Upload that. I remember the first recordings I did were like really bad. Because phones weren't great then. You know. Hmm. Um, like Ricky Hatton versus Pacquiao Wayans. Um, Barrera versus Can Wayans. These kind of things. Wayans generally. And then um, I started doing interviews. Like, yeah, I think the, like the first time they released, I said, this is a thing, was one of the very early um, 
Ray Peters shows in Limerick. And I interviewed everyone after the weigh-in and uploaded them. And so it snowballed from there. And they used to get, they used to be really big numbers. They used to be really big numbers. Like, you know, uh, Lomachenko weighing, like Lomachenko, the World Series of Boxing, Lomachenko versus Joe Joyce. Sam Maxwell. Yes. Lomachenko versus Sam Maxwell and Usyk, Mm. Joe Joyce. No one knew who Usyk was then. Yeah. There's a million views on the Lomachenko, Sam Maxwell weighing. Million views on that. Like okay. this is before IFL. Before IFL didn't even know who Tyson Fury was then, you know. Um, so that really that, that was pretty big at the time, and I think it was pretty big at the time. And kind of some boxers started asking me to manage them, but I didn't know what I was doing. Management, you know, payor maybe, but not management. And then I started helping Dolphil do some payor do some press releases for them and interviews and just generally pushing stuff. And then they went, they went under. And then I did start managing. I thought, well, I'm not sure if who was my first. I can't remember who was my first. It was either Blockman or Joe Ray. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. In, I think uh, you, you definitely had Joe Ray 2012 and you did right. Rock Reynolds fight in 2013, but you probably had him for a year. That's it. It was one. It was one or one of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like two, they, say, so. they say you never forget your first book, Leonard. <laughs> Leonard, Leonard. I know. Leonard. I know. Uh, and uh, like two more different individuals, you couldn't ever uh, conceive to ever meet. You know, absolutely polar opposites of each other. And uh, yeah, so I, I did really well. I remember doing really well with Joe Ray because he, you know, wasn't very marketable, didn't help himself in lots of ways. And I got him into the prize fighter and sent him over to England to Kevin Murray. It was a relationship that I still have to this day. And uh, he, he, he trained his bollocks off, uh, you know, to 90%. It was still sort of, you know, little slips here and there but he was out in the middle of nowhere so it was really difficult for him to slip and then I remember people they couldn't believe the condition of that he was in when he when he stepped on the scales then for the prize fighter like he was in fantastic condition and he'd sold well between us we'd sold like over 200 tickets when the previous fight that he had he sold three tickets <laughs> so so I'd done something right there right and this was my, pretty much my first guy so I've got him in great, got him with a good guy, got him in great nick, got him motivated, promoted him and turned him into a ticket seller in this space of one fight. So it's easy when you've only got one guy, you know, and you're, you're focusing all your attention on, on one guy. It's, you know, that has to be said as well. Um, and, and Joe, he, he was a great performance. He, he beat Simon O'Donnell, who was 10 and 0 at the time, I think, or 10 and 1. And he lost in the semis then. But that's sort of, really turned me from one side of the fence to the other, you know, then from there on, I was, I was in the math, I was, you know, I was in the management element and then I signed. So I had Stephen Reynolds and I had Joe Ray and then John Hutchinson signed. And so I had three guys. So, so that's the third of the show, three guys. So I put on a show, Celtic Clash 1, that's September 13th. I remember it clashed with um, Canelo against Mayweather. It, was, it complimented. Uh, it complimented. Yes. It complimented. Uh, the pre-programming, yeah. Yeah, it was the undercare. The under undercare. Yeah. It was on, that was a famous headliner. So Stephen Reynolds against, uh, or that was my first Block Reynolds against Declan yeah. Trainer, and you've had some tremendous, uh, really good headliners in, in the years since as well. Followed up recently by Belfast, Jamie Morris yeah. against Robbie Burke. Just really, yeah. you know, lads who were going to, you know, we're going to. Die for the die for the win almost, and it's not yeah. Irish guys against like Latvians. Although that does happen on occasion, like you know. Yeah. Uh, but does the lack you didn't have a TV, TV deal then, and there is none now at the minute. And does does it? How much does it harm the product just being away from TV? And how much would it benefit having a deal there? I know you had Eric Donovan on TG Academy yeah. in, in, in your last Dublin show. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's hard. It's hard to quantify because how do you, how do you quantify? You, you know, like like I'm I'm charged of air. I'm a valuer, so I'm actually used to just making a judgment on something, putting a number on stuff. Yeah, so it's, but it's very difficult to quantify 
how would it how would impacts i suppose the the main way i would say is when we did have tv we and we announced a press release the press actually came yeah press that we don't generally see mm. and so out of out of 12 celtic clashes that was times 100% more press at least yes 100% more press yeah. and quality of press as well um so that it 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 opens doors elevates it definitely elevates the product to what degree i i i really couldn't quantify like uh, i enjoyed them as much without tv or with tv honestly it, and that's the reason i that's the reason i started Celtic clash yeah. and that's the reason i do Celtic clashes like it doesn't it doesn't bother, yeah, it doesn't bother me if it's not on tv yeah like we we could stream the shows if we want it, keep, it keeps it i guess it keeps that underground gorilla feel that you exactly. kind of began with and that you're looking to but obviously yeah. you want to expand and grow as well and you'd love you know the lads because another question I have is, like, what pitch do you make to young boxers who are looking to turn pro? Well, my pitch is very negative. My pitch is very negative. It's maybe it's not something I should do, some people say. But my pitch is starts off with, a, first of all, probably... Slap them, slap them in the face. Bang. Straight yeah, up. a little slap in the yeah. face. What, why, what, like, really getting into the why do you want to do this? What are you expecting? Do you not want to give the amateurs one more? Like that is what something I say. Like, where did you go? On, how far did you go with the amateurs or intermediates? Would you not give the seniors one go? Just give up one go. You know, or did you, you know, even if they're down to the level, do you not give the intermediates a go? So I'm always, I always actually try and force them back into the amateurs. And I've lost actually some really good fighters by doing that. I won't name, I won't name them, but there's some, some, some really good names I've lost by doing that. Is that just to see their, their level of commitment or is it more so to uh, kind of gauge if you can work with them or if, if they're going to take your advice? It, it, there's a m- multiple levels. First of all, I think it's the right, the right thing to advise. Yeah, because I think you should maximize your amateur career before turning pro. Second, it's so they can um, have, go in with their eyes wide open and they're not expecting... Uh, what they might see on Sky Sports, and third, yeah, it's the yeah, it's a little bit of a pushback to see whether they push back from the pushback. Yeah, counter counter punching, some might say. Um, yeah, and and just just give them the real dose reality, real dose reality, and that puts off a third third of guys, and another third. Um, might go back into the amateurs and then another third will go pro. So that's generally the, the pitch for so the pitches, pitches, the, the stairs. This every every boxer I manage knows that I keep waffling about these stairs. So the stairs is how many steps is there in a, in, a, in your in your average house stair steps? Yeah. It's 14 steps in the stairs. Can you get from the bottom to the top in one in one step? No, that's impossible. Can you do it in two? Highly unlikely. Can you do it in three? Potentially could do it, but the significant chance of it injuring yourself. Can you do it in four? You could probably do it in four, but it's unadvisable. You know, and I keep going on. Yeah. yeah. So my, five yeah. is next. Yeah. Yeah. Grand. <laughs> so, 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 so then I said, like, the, the point is, take it, every step. It's a your goal is to get to the top of the stairs. Yeah. Not how many steps can you do it in. When you're looking down from the top of the stairs, and you're beside the jacks, and you're ready to go to the toilet. You can just say, "I made it to the top of the stairs." Yeah, you don't you don't really care how many steps it takes. So, so I want to say, steady, get your matchmaking right, build your following, build your online profile, build your sponsors, work on your technique, get a good team around you, keep it stead, stable, keep it steady. Keep working hard and each way will bring you up a step, every step. And then try and get you close to the top of the stairs as possible. Like uh, on those stairs, like the, the biggest name boxer in Ireland you've probably worked with, I think it'd be fair to say is Eric Donovan. 
sometimes of this yeah. parish and yeah. he joins us yes. on these shows on the Rocky Road in the co-host yes. role and great guy and he headlined an Irish title fight for you the last I would say significant um, boxing card in Dublin some people say there's not been any big time boxing in Dublin for years since certainly since the Regency Hotel murdered mm. at the way in but I would say you know there's been shows at the National Stadium and there's been big shows in Mayo and Waterford since as well like I mean yeah, I think the lack of an O2, we'll get to that again, but I think the lack of an O2 or 3 Arena show suggests there's been no big-time boxing at all. But I think if, if you know, a, a full national stadium represents yeah. a, dec- a good show, a decent show, and it's on telly as well. Yeah. But, so you're bringing Eric up the steps. How much did it kind of hurt you personally or your organization when Eric, like he left, he got, to, he got almost to the top of the stairs and then I, I think he felt in order to make it to the next step. That, yes. Um, you know, the, the place he wanted to go, Sky Sports fighting for bigger titles. He left and, and joined another... Uh, yeah, manager, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I understand. We, we, like, we don't, we don't, we never fell out. Yeah, we never fell out. It was not, it was not, not personal there. I think he made a wrong decision. Yeah, I think he made a wrong decision. I think that's been borne out in what's happened since, since he's left. Yeah. He was at a position, it's difficult at Eric's age. He he maybe feared that he wouldn't get the bite of the apple. Yeah, that, that to take that last step. But it, that was coming. There was multiple offers on the table. And he probably just thought, well, I can get in straight away here. But I thought, I thought he just panicked and jumped those last couple of stairs too soon, you know, because there's no way that I would accept it. I would have accepted the fight that he took. No chance, no chance. And um, it was all wrong for Eric. I knew that he would, if he got into the sky setup, that he would shine, you know, because he's a great talker. He's able to sell himself and his, and his narrative and that they would lab it up, which they did. He played it the fight week perfect. And I knew he would outbox Selfa. I knew he would, but I knew it would catch up on him and he wouldn't get to the finish line. So that was really disappointing to actually watch that fight, you know, because I'd made every single one of his matches before that. Not only made them, I'd, I'd made the matches, been his manager for those and promoted each of the shows, right? So put a lot into it. And then to see it like within months, like, and being knocked out in the sky to like very frustrating, very frustrating, especially for a small, small promotion company like ourselves who, who headlined Eric on more shows than anybody else. And um, so that, that was, that was frustrating. That was very frustrating. And I, I kept my mouth shut at the time because uh, I didn't want, I didn't want to come across salty or as I told you so or any of that. Um, so that was difficult. And then you wonder what. What am I doing this? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I lined it all up, didn't put a foot wrong, and then for that to happen, it's like Jesus Christ. But I suppose there, I, I was well warned before I got into boxing management or promotion that these are the things that happen. You know, Ali O'Wilton or Gary Hyde. You know, they would call. They would call me. They would leave you. You know, and. You know, without a doubt, what's gonna what's ahead of you? Yeah, and you're either brave or stupid. I think seems to be the uh, yeah the underlying yeah. kind of emotion of yeah, getting involved in boxing at the yeah, you know, level. What, what, Mickey, what Mickey Duff said, you know, if you want loyalty, go and buy a dog. Yeah, so no matter what you do, eating bread is immediately, immediately once it's digested, yeah, forgotten. Yeah, and I, I guess like I, I mean, I I understand why you know a man like Eric would get impatient as well. Like I mean, yeah. I, I don't I don't dwell on Eric's uh, career too much, like because he can speak for himself. And um, but I guess what, one disappointment would be that RTE didn't come on board with Eric Donovan's career because yeah. that I, I I imagine when you started working with him and when I saw him turn pro in his thirties as well, I was hoping that that's what was going to occur because. He was part of their Olympic Games coverage now for three three Olympics in a row. You know, for some of the greatest moments in Irish sporting history, from Katie Taylor to Kelly Harrington, and yes, the uh, reluctance to get involved in pro boxing has yeah. has not helped whatsoever. And you might yeah. have had 
to, you wouldn't have to probably worry about Selfa Barrett and Sky Sports and any yeah. of that had things worked out differently, but they they didn't, and that's what that's was, the way it what goes. was probably more likely, most probably more disappointing for me was is uh, right. I pretty much knew that our team weren't going to get on board. Yeah, they don't they don't really want pro boxing. Yeah, uh, Ryan Nugent. <laughs> oh, I won't even get into Ryan Nugent, but even uh, Declan Bennett. He hasn't shown zero interest in in boxing and dismally fails the Twitter test. Yeah, which is something <laughs> it's we both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We both know about. Yeah. The Twitter um, test for anyone listening is basically Leonard would look at <laughs> or somebody would look at who you follow on Twitter and if there's not a single kind of person related to boxing, you could probably safely imagine that that person has little or no interest in boxing. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's yeah. fair to say if that yeah, person then, is following 90%, it, I'm not talking about Declan McBennett in, for, in yeah. this instance, but if that person is following 90% comic book people, then yeah, it's, it's safe to say they're interested in comic books. Yes. That's the, that's the, yeah. So I, I, before you go on, Leonard, I, I don't want to jump to Declan McBennett's defense, but he did go on, um, League of Ireland podcast recently mm. with Dan McDonald and Johnny Ward and he yeah. was kind of getting it <laughs> Johnny was laying on him for not uh, supporting the League of Ireland but he, he laid out I thought very factually where he's coming from and what his commitments are and what the budget is and what he can do and if the numbers aren't there yeah. the numbers aren't there and yet he's still committed to League of Ireland football so I wonder you know we might we might get him on this podcast at some stage and he could yeah maybe you do so what what is he so like what is he committed to Irish boxing Oh, that's what I'm saying. Um, I, think, I think a follow-up. So, 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 so he has a comeback when it comes to League of Ireland football. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What is his comeback to Irish boxing? What amateur pro? Well, that's a question. How, like to how many minutes of Irish boxing has he, has he shown since he started uh, with, uh, as the head of sport for RTE? It's, 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 uh, it's less than one. But yeah. I, I do wonder, I suppose, and we all wonder, like, we we know that sometimes, as we said before we came on uh, recording, sometimes doing doing boxing things is, uh, you know, urinating into a gale force. With you know, it's it's pissing against the wind effectively. And uh, but I do wonder what sort of numbers boxing would get on a Friday or Saturday night yes. nowadays on RT. I think it would do quite well. I think uh, yeah. live sport is where it's at. I think it would do quite well. Now, in fairness, it's a numbers game. So you have to try it out and you have to see it. Yeah, listen, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been given an opportunity to sink or swim. Like yeah. TJ Carr, we're pretty pleased with your numbers, but then again, they haven't been back. So were they? Yeah. Happy so so they they said. So I don't really want to go into into the details of the discussions we we had with TG Four, but um, TG Carr. Sorry, that's probably the reason they didn't, they didn't come back. Mm. Um, they were interested in in and they were interested in in putting on another Celtic clash. But the terms that they put forward were 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 not great, not great, not doable, not doable, really. So it's like we put on a show, we delivered, and then you've come back and said, "Yeah, we'll do it again." But you've put le- you put less on the table, want us to put more on the table, which isn't really fe- enough. It's not really feasible. Like I do have some ideas about. Bringing stuff to RTE, if they, but they would have to, even if they were slightly receptive, I would be able to make something happen there. But yeah, maybe it's maybe it's my fault that I haven't pushed myself enough to get in front of Declan McBennett to try and push a domestic Irish product. You know, something like a Celtic Clash prize fighter or something. You know, that that might. Might, might work for them or to do something for their eye player or something like that. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, I could, that, that could work. That because could work. when you think of Celtic Clash, like something you've put on now for a couple of years, or going back, I think, you know, eight years since your first show, like, and I'm not necessarily speaking about Celtic Clash here, but like the quality of young boxer without a big name that's been turning over has been criticized by some former amateurs, some former pros. Uh, they're not good enough. They wouldn't win a senior title. They wouldn't even win a Lancer title. So you've tried to create something there. I, I remember being quite skeptical about, you know, the quality of some of the people turning over as well. But I suppose when you go along and you watch it, you realize there is there is a market for this and there is an enjoyment to see Two people well matched of a similar skill level, uh, kind of facing yeah. off. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, do, do you think you could put together a, vi- a viable product that it doesn't have to be like the top well-known people? Yeah. It doesn't have to be Kelly Harrington's pro debut. It doesn't have to be a Michael Conlon fighting for a world title. Yeah. Do you think you could put on like viable shows, entertaining scraps that would entertain the TV program? Yeah, but definitely, without doubt, hundred percent, put on a great show. Yeah, and you're right. The, the level, the, the quality of boxers that have turned pro in Ireland since we started Celtic Clash is lower, the, the bar is lower. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Well, wait a minute. You don't say, right, you can't get into the championship in football or premiership. So that's actually where we're going to stop football. You know, like there are, tier, there are levels to this thing. And now as long as it's safe, you know, and they're competent, which they are. If they get a license, they got to be tested. They got to do a trial spare. You know, they don't, you can't just yeah. walk in, you, you know, you can't just walk in and, and, and get yourself a license. You know, there are hoops you got to jump through and hurdles you got to jump over. So as long as they're competent boxers and they're being matched on a correct level, then there's again, similar to my stairs, I always bang on about the pyramid. Yeah. There's a pyramid of boxing and it's not all Mayweather. Yeah. The vast majority of the pyramid is down here. And that's where the Celtic Clash is. And it's, again, it helps you move up the pyramid. So if you're good enough, you rise to the top of that pyramid, then you go to the next level. And that's where you get signed by the Eddie Hearns, Frank Warrens, or whoever, you know. So that's really, we are, we're not saying that we're, we're, we're Eddie Hearn. We're not saying we're Frank Warren. We're not saying we're that product. We, we are, a, a conduit through which boxers who may not have achieved uh, Olympic Olympic status are able to develop a pro career and a following and learn the skills and the business uh, whilst moving into a level where um, a big promoter will sign them. Like I say, Eric was that exact, that was going to be the fruition of that model. Mm. that was exactly it like obviously he went another way it didn't work out perfectly but the other guys can do that go through that same process it's the same process I have a methodology I'm not going to share it but I have a methodology of what I want to do with those boxers and every boxer gets their own their own print blueprint their own master plan because each of them is cut the cloth accordingly but I do have a, a general ethos of how I get a boxer from debut to to being signed by um, one of the big players, and you can see that even with with Caitlin Phelan. So we have we we have had offers from big promoters just to to have their her on their show, yeah. But we've turned those down, yeah, because uh, again. 
It's the same reason I would have turned down the Zelfa Barra fight for Eric. It has to be, it's not just about, oh, let's get the fight on Sky. Well, get banjoed. You know, that's not what it's about. It's about getting you a deal with one of these guys. Not getting you on their show in the away corner, overmatched, with over overweight. Mm. Listen, that's not, it's, you know, you just sold your arse. You just sold, you sold everything you built. You just <laughs> grasped at something that's been pulled away from you. It's foolish. So we have a methodology and we know when the, to take a match. Now, we may not get that right all the time. Uh, a boxer may not be prepared to wait, but we can only advise what man- managers we advise. You know, at the end of the day, the boxers are the bosses. And they tell you what's happened happens really at the end of the day. If they, if, if they really, really want a certain fight, you say, no, listen, it's not good. It's not the right time. And they keep banging on about it. Well, then some stage you've got to give them what they want. Mm. I know we're going off the off topic, but yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very similar to the Cage Warriors um, promotion in the UK and Ireland. Uh, they're linked in with the UFC. So and just in two Irish guys in particular, Reese McKee was top of their Cage Warriors list. He got in a very tough fight again against Kamza Kamayev. It was the like the next Khabib, essentially, and it didn't work out. He got a bad beating. He lost his next fight, but he's back in Cage Warriors now. Put on a great... There's a level to fall back on. He put on a great show there at the weekend. And I'd say another win, he could be back in the UFC. The same with Ian Gary from, uh, from Dublin. He's making his pro debut in a couple of, couple of weeks uh, on the UFC. But Cage Warriors are, are, are signed into the UFC, so it's kind of a yeah. pathway there. Do you think yeah. if you were signed in or had a deal with, for example, let's say DAZN or Sky Sports, that it would make it easier for you to get guys and girls in early on? And it would also show that there's a pathway and that there's a, a fallback if things don't work out. Yeah, well, that's all about, it's all about really, because MMA has a different structure, whereas UFC is a practical monopoly, right? So if you don't um, join with MM, uh, with UFC effectively as a failure to them, then you've pretty much got nowhere else to go realistically, right? Whereas boxing, there's multiple heads on on this animal, it's not just one. You have not just one. So as long as you've got a good relationship with a variety of promoters, that you can. What we're trying to do is put a package together. Yeah, put the package together, put the bow on it, and deliver it to a promoter. That's that's what we're trying to do. Not everyone will get there. Not everyone will get there. But that's what we're trying to do. Put the full package together in the best quickest, safest way for a fighter and deliver that to a promoter and then they will take them on. We, we will stay as their manager, but they will be their promoter. That's what we're trying to do. So yeah, it's a similar sort of a scenario, but there's a lot more options. You've got a lot more options in boxing because it's not just the one entity that you have to go to. Now, we, we were getting very close to that but then so there's been big changes on the, the Brexit really kicked in. But, uh, there's two things that really kicked in, the pandemic and Brexit, right? So it's very expensive to put on a show in the Republic of Ireland, right? I think it's been widely publicized. It's probably the most expensive place in the world to put on a pro boxing show. Insurance costs are eye-watering. Yeah, it's... Just to pause you there, because that's, that was going to be the next question. And um, like, what are the biggest obstacles to putting on shows in the Republic of Ireland? Because there is a perception out there that boxing has been, you know, harmed by kind of gangland activity, organized yes. crime. It's been labeled a toxic sport. Uh, it's widely reported in the media that like Katie Taylor can't fight here yeah. and that um, the guards won't allow boxing to take place here. However, You've put on shows in this country. You've worked with promoters who've put on shows in Waterford and Castle Bar. Yeah. Uh, you know, shows have been at the National Stadium. And it seems to be your contention far more often that it's actually a difficulty in working with the Boxing Union of Ireland and insurance is your main problem. Now, possibly if you were to put on it, be more, I was going to say ambitious, but I think you're being already quite ambitious. But let's say you're to aim for the three arena. 
then maybe you could run into those kind of problems. You know, I'm not sure. I don't, you haven't tried. But what to you is the biggest obstacle? You're about to tell us there about the uh, damning insurance costs. Yeah, insurance costs. So insurance costs in the Republic of Ireland for a show, for one-off show, is like 25 times as much as it is in Belfast. 25. Right. Wow. 25. So, you know, it's like, that's... But is, that going, is that going through an Irish company? I mean, it, I, I'm not... A so what we used to do, we, we never used to we never used to get our insurance through an Irish company. So price that price hasn't gone up 25 times. It's just the products that we used to use are not on, on, on the shelf anymore, UK products. So since Brexit, those UK products have been taken off the shelf. Yeah, because they don't cover the public Ireland anymore. They've kind of got withdrawn into a UK market. So so you're left with the products that we never used to get anyway, because they were just wildly expensive. Yeah. So so that so that prices went up by thousands of percent, right? And then additionally, we had, we don't have a problem working with the Boston Union of Ireland, but the Boston Union of Ireland are what I call the board tax. Yeah. So it's a cost for putting on the show. Not the cost of the ambulance or the timekeepers or the referees or officials, stuff like that. The actual fee goes to the board. That is multiple times more than it is up north as well. Yeah. And then venues. Venues are much more amenable up the north. So you've got that little cost you thousands more for the for a venue. So before you put on a show. Before you open the door, before you sell a ticket, before you make a match, before you do anything, you probably, you know, you're, you're over 10 grand down on. So, so to put a show on in Yuri or to put a show on in Dundalk, you know, you've, you've, you've just got, you've got exact same show, exact same people, exact same venue, exact same everything. You, you've got to shell out 10 grand more, more than 10 grand straight away to put that show on. Yeah, but you guys, you you promoters are all fat cats. What's ten grand in the yeah, exactly. game? You're all you're all millionaires, you know. Exactly, exactly. So, so I know, like, parent with my ten grand. It's no, it, the, rea- no, the reality. The reality is, unless you've got a TV promoter that's paying the production and putting a a, a, a fee up, yeah. Boxing promoters are not are not making any money. In fact, they're losing money on shows to build fighters. I do not. I do not consider myself a promoter, really. Yeah, I consider myself a manager who has to promote to get my fighters fights. So it's the necessity of getting them fights is is leading me to put shows on. If someone else was putting in putting on shows and I was able to do the nice job, which I like, of promotion, of like promoting individual fighters working on the PR, managing. That's what I would be doing. But nobody is prepared to put on a show at the moment. Only us. Yeah. How does it feel to be the only show in town? It's lonely. It's lonely. <laughs> no, well, uh, maybe we're not going to be the only show in town. No. Like um, uh, Paul Kagan from DDP is talking about putting a show on this uh, in the summer next year. Uh, Neil Power from Waterford is talking about putting on a, a show in Waterford next year. Um, we have good contacts with them. We will more than likely assist them with their show. Yeah. Um, and be involved and probably have our fighters on it and et cetera, et cetera. So at least minimum we have, minimum we will probably have fighters on that show. Maximum we will be not co-promoters, but doing yeah. stuff for them. Perfect world for you for you guys anyway at this stage. Which is yeah. lovely because they and, and they said to me, actually one of them said to me the other day, Oh, we know you've got your own thing. And, we, and basically I don't want to be stepping on your toes and all that. And I and my response was, you'll be doing us a favor, taking some of the pressure off us, mm. you know, by what what other people might perceive as competition. Um, right. but it isn't. For anyone who's like stated us this far into the podcast, I know it's, we've been talking quite digging down and deep into the roots of uh, domestic boxing and stuff. But the average fan who come to these fights, you know, they're the hard nuts because we, we've mm. compared this kind of boxing product to League of Ireland football. And, you know, you, you, they're dedicated fans who come along. But what do you think this fight night offers to neutrals and stuff? Because I've brought neutrals to the fights and they've really enjoyed them. 
And uh, well, what do you think the product offers to neutrals? And are you looking to entertain the neutrals? Or are you well aware that you're selling to the hardcore here? And this yeah, is yeah, preaching my, to the converted. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 to be honest with you, I'm not marketing to a neutral because I think it's, it's, it's an audience that you need other elements. Like you need this. The neutrals alone, the, the, the bigger the show gets and the more, yeah. So this is probably what, 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 what TV does. We got a, uh, when we did this show on TG Carter, we got the biggest walk up of, of any of our shows. Yeah, so we'll walk up to the people that will haven't pre-bought a ticket by the door. So people do again, it's a bit like um it's a bit like Irish people that support Chelsea and stuff like that and they don't support the local team. Once it's on TV, then they want to go and see it. Yeah. Yeah, like some dog playing in the chat in the you know Europa League group stages all of a sudden. That, that match is shown on TV in Ireland over. I think United were playing the same night, and people yeah. watched them knocking the local pubs, like because that's what some pubs decided to show. So yeah, like the TV exposure and the growth of it is massive. Yeah, and listen, we're on, we are on the cusp of, of 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 a lot of things that are very exciting, but sometimes you just wonder, like it's big risk, big big risk, and you don't really feel that much support. You know, you just feel like. There's lots of hurdles, but I suppose that's if it's succeeding. From, like. from whom now? From the board, from the boxers being willing to go along, from the media, from the fans. Where would you like to, if you could get more support somewhere, where would you get it? Because, you know, I think you have a product yeah. that's worth supporting. And, yes. uh, you know, we, we've been along and I've brought people who aren't interested in sport at all, really. And we've, we've had a good night. And I see what Triller are trying to do across in the in the States. You know, they're putting on rap battles midway through. Yeah. You, you've put on the equivalent in Ireland. You've put on Aslan or Christy Dignam's come and sang a song. Yeah, that was great. There's other yeah. kind of interval attractions yeah. looking to come along, come on. So what's what's in the future here? What you, and and I believe you're also plotting a Dublin show in the coming weeks. Are you able to um elucidate further on that? Yeah, well well, we have a meeting with the baby boxing union of Ireland this Thursday. Yeah. At which point we're we're gonna outline not the man's, but you know um, we're gonna have a discussion about how we feel we need to be supported, you know, in terms of uh, security. We're putting on multiple shows in the Republic of Ireland because we see we see our um, market as Dublin, really. Yeah, we're only in Belfast because out of necessity cost necessity and because we can't really compete with MTK in Belfast we just can't do it yeah so where we can grow and where we can have a significant product is in Dublin so we need the Boxing Union of Ireland on board and what we, you know what we need to do is look at how we can structure it and so that it's feasible for us to be putting on a show and we're no matter what, even if we've got a full house, we are and we work. Because the thing is, myself, Stephen, and Dennis, we're not unintelligent lads. We're not stupid lads. Yeah, we could be doing other things. We have other jobs. We have young families and wives and stuff to keep us busy. And for us to put months of our lives into a show and a lot of money, we're risking that money. To, to lo- potentially lose it all, and the best outcome is that we're not going to make not going to make any money. We're not going to lose any money, and that's you know there's only so so many times that your passion for boxing you can go to the well with that one, and that's why we see so many first time promoters in Ireland. Yeah, they come for a drink, and it's poison, and they're not back. Yeah not back and a lot of them don't even get to the first one yeah man we've made fun of them over the years and we have a name for them we do. Among, our, among ourselves yes. but um i can't say i blame them you know i can't say i blame them because if you lose you're saying you put up 30 grand and, and you make back 15 which is like we we might think they're insane but the reality is they're probably more sane because mm-hmm. they see that this is not a viable product at the moment in, in its current format Around here again. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a viable product in its current format and they walk away from it. Of course. Like you'd be better off doing like if I worked a day in a McDonald's 
over the next three months, I'll come away with more money than I will putting on the last cut the clash. So you're in a you're in a good position to know. Give us the health report then on Irish Pro Boxing at the minute because it's being claimed to be in the toilet. It's a disaster. It's it's a don't it's a, a no go zone, you know. Or else you're there working in the cove. How do you see it? Well, let's put it this way: we fill, we fill, we make matches and fill rooms. Yeah, we're fill, the we we're filling venues. Uh, we have a product. When I like, I look at other sports that are a bit more PC. Yeah, take a lot more boxes on the PC and there might be a bit more middle class and well supported by banks and sponsors and stuff like that. And they haven't got half the crowd that we generate for our shows. Yeah. And then you go like, what, why is that? See, so again, go back to sort of the domestic chip on your shoulder, sort of working, it's a working class sport. We need sponsors to come on board. We need, we need TV to give us a break. But also, on the flip side of that, we need to deliver bigger matches with more recognizable names and stack the undercards with, with ordinary Celtic Clash type fights. Mm. That's, that's what we need to do. So we need a couple, we need, but it's chicken and egg. Yeah. How do you get how do you get the big fighter, the bigger fighters without having the TV contract? How do you get the TV contract without having the bigger fighters? You know? And how do you get them to fight each other? Because that's the that's the beauty of it. You know, you get two unbeaten Irish guys to fight each other. Someone's gotta lose. How do you get it? Yeah, well, I think I think a lot of them would take that, they take that leap of faith when there is it when there is TV on, mm. on board. They do they do like look at the Clash of the Titans one. You know, uh, the, the, was it the top six fights were all Irish? Or were they all? I think they were all Irish fights. Or Caitlin Phelan's wasn't. Yeah, but she was making her debut. But so five of the top six fights on that show were all Irish fights. Well, just, yeah, just, no, just to go on from that, is, is this meeting now with the BUI, is this really going to make a break for the next year or two years? Yes. Yeah, if we don't come out with a positive response from that then we, well, I think we pro- I think we probably just have to sh- shut off tw- the toss of 26 counties until there's significant changes in the boxing union of Ireland and we're the last we're like I said we're the last showing down but it, it comes to, if I'm reading this right uh, it comes down to that 3600 fee I mean I mean that can easily be changed well, if they want to change it. You know that's just. Uh, I, I wish it was. A, I wish it was a three thousand six hundred fee. Oh, sorry, I'm going off the figures Irish Boxing had on an article last year. But if it's more yeah, than that, bring, I'll, I'll bring back three thousand six hundred. I say. Look, it's it's been a, it's been a struggle, but I'm sure it's been an enjoyable one as well. What's been the highlight for you of the Celtic Clash series? Which which night did you feel? Yeah, this is this is worth it. Might uh, be my arse at the end of it, but it's been worth it. It, it was one that we lost our arse on and it was, I think it was Celtic Clash six or seven, the one in good council and it had Aslan uh, at halftime and the place was rammed, rammed, absolutely rammed and it had Colin, Colin O'Donovan versus Stephen McAfee too, absolutely Sensational fight. Martin Quinn was against Carol Kelly. Absolutely barnstormer of a fight. Mm. And I t- I'm not sure who was the headliner, but I think it was a Carol McDonald versus Dylan McDonough. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Three great all Irish fights. The Battle of Jobstown. The Battle of Jobstown, which actually, do you know what? I was really disappointed. It didn't really get as much traction as, as I thought it would. Now, neither of them are big names. Neither of them are big talkers. And the, neither of them are big guys. Yeah. So that, yeah. But I thought that the Battle of Jobstown, like, it's an Irish title for two guys yeah. in Jobstown. It's like, yeah. God, this is something, you know, I knew it was going to be a crack fight. There was so much on the line. But that, the atmosphere in, in that, as a small venue, I'm getting, Another venue we're not allowed to use anymore. Yeah. Um, 
small venue, packed the rafters, great fights, big name entertainment, just everyone buzzing. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant show, brilliant show. Perfect, absolutely perfect, small all boxing show. But look, the, ne- the next one, all going well with the BUI, will take place in November. Is that right? And we'll probably uh, we'll link back to you, but we're going to put out this podcast. So when, when are you thinking is, it's going to be? What's the date you've got in mind? 20th of November at the uh, Basketball Arena in Tala, which is it's a funny one. Yeah. So to try and get it to stack up, we are, it's a joint Mai Tai and pro boxing show. So the Mai Tai show, which is promoted by Martin Horgan, who we've done a show with before in Cork at the Neptune Stadium, he he will have the first half of the day. And that will be, he's got some cracking Mai Tai fights on it. Absolute great. Like I've kind of got into a wee bit of Mai Tai ever since that Cork show because it's actually really entertaining. So they're going to be on the first half of the day and then we, we close the doors, everyone leaves, we clean up the venue, and then the second half of the day, in comes the boxing. So it's the first show back in Dublin since it's a clash of the Titans show. So, yeah. Well, look, because, not, if that doesn't count as a significant show, I don't know what will. I suppose it's maybe there's some people that will only be satisfied if it goes to the three arena and no less. But Well, we are planning on going to the three arena. Like Martin Horgan wants to, Martin Horgan wants to go to the three arena next. After this one in May 2022, he's an ambitious fucker, Martin. To be fair, fair play to him. Mm. And what are the, what would be the chances of the likes of yourself, Martin Horgan, you know, Neil Power, even Mark Dunlop, Paul Keegan teaming up and building one show where everybody gets two or three bites of it? And, and you know, between you, you can you can build something that's uh, you know, really big. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely doable, isn't it? As the, like I like the majority of the clashes have been co-promotions. I like doing co-promotions. I work well with our people. I just some people black in their copy book. As soon as you start, as soon as you deviate from a straight line with me, it's very difficult to get back on it. So that's why I give everyone a chance. Give everyone a chance in in, in boxing. But people think. People think boxing is a lot more crooked than it is. It's not. It's the, the people that are crooked. They found out very early, very early, and discarded. Yeah, yeah. So the grapevine is the grapevine uh, is strong. But speaking like uh, Eddie Hearn does tend to uh, shoot quite straight, but he's left uh, Sky. Does that present an opportunity? They're scrambling for something, you know, something to show a good product. Is there an opportunity there? There is, and I know the new guys that have taken over the, the new Sky contract, and I have had discussions with them. But the reality is we need to start uh build we need to build we need to build a package of boxers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the boxers that we have are still too embryonic. Yeah. It's too early for them to, to go to that level. So I've had, had conversations with them. Like I say, we've had offers for Caden Phelan. I know the guys at the uh, that, that are behind boxer. I've had discussions with them there. Everything's Good, but we, we need to get going in Dublin. And these Irish guys probably need to find each other. And then the winner will be the package and that will go on to the next level. Yeah. Or will be big enough to be able to attract them to put their shows on here. But you got to remember, Sky never really wanted to do shows in the Republic of Ireland. And and most of the British British uh, promoters don't because hey, the, the, the increased cost that I went through but also the increase, increased cost of production that they have to bring all their uh, it's trucks back, and equipment It's over. back once again, and I, I live by the comparison. I know you've made it early in the show, and I make it all the time as well. It's back to the football thing again. It's You let the Premier League do their thing, let Irish people support the Irish product, and then it will get good enough. And then you can send lads off to the big leagues. You know, yeah. First of all, there has to be a scene here. Like with Brexit and the footballers, the Irish kids aren't going to go over to the British teams now until they're plus 18+. plus. Uh-huh. And that's going to change the, the League of Ireland massively. That's going to that's going to really put the onus on us to develop a scene here, to develop an underage scene and a, and a professional full time scene. And it's going to have to be the same in boxing. We're going to have to find a way to develop our own fighters. Um, everyone yeah, needs to up, kind, it is need to up our down. game in the media and in, in terms yeah. of fans as, as well and the, the promoters. 
you all, you all need to put on the exactly. best product you can and try and exactly. you know, try and get every, everything. So yeah, we do. We need to we need to up our product to attract bit better fighters and to put on better fights as well. You know, you can't just say, oh, they're not helping us, not helping us. You know, we got kind of like I say, it's chicken and egg. Not on sure which sure which one's going to come first, but we got to up the game as well. You know, so that we make it more attractive for them, and that will again snowball and get it better and better and better and I think listen Celtic Clash is in a much stronger position now than when it was when it when we started like when we started Celtic Clash like when we did Celtic Clash 1 but there was a break number of years to Celtic Clash 2 and Celtic Clash 2 we, we had like 14 fights on it but we only managed one of those fighters they were all managed by other people whereas the last Celtic Clash we did on the weekend, we manage somebody in every fight. Mm. So that's a big change. And there's a lot more fighters. And even if fighters aren't with us anymore, we've developed a lot of fighters. And they're going all to be, and we should all, all band in together. Can we all be friends? Yeah. Well, look, uh, on that note, can we still be friends? We leave it there. Um, Leonard Gunning, thanks very much for joining us today on the Rocky Road. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Simon, thank you very much. Having the pleasure is all yours. Indeed, indeed. Surrounded by uh, the brains of the operation here, just uh, playing along. Thank you again, gents. It was brilliant. 